Eric Franton, Andre Salveson, a happy Tuesday to you one and all. 106 on FM, 1390 AM, and 106 on Happy to be having you around, joining us however and wherever you are. A-R-R. Jeez. Dude, I've been out in the sun way too long. Hey, guess what I did today? Did you get stuck on some something way high above the ground and no, no. hang there? In fact, I didn't even Calling like, for help like I a d- small child? <laughs> you, you would be screaming like a small child, too, if you were up that high and stuck. Um, after your little stunt last night, okay. After my little stunt? Yes, your little stunt. What was my stunt? Oh, don't you dare. After your little stunt, I went and bought me a new car. Did you? Yeah. Wow. The only problem is that the keys are on your side right now. (laughs) Oh, these keys right here? Uh, no, those aren't mine. Those are your, uh, those are, stop it. Yeah, I went and bought me a new car today. I was thrilled. It was exciting. I never bought a car before, and I was like terrified, but I was like, you know what? This looks good. It has it look it looks like me. It looks sharp, pristine, loaded. I mean, it was just awesome. Did you punch those holes through the the floorboard like you're talking about? So you could do all like Fred Flintstone? <laughs> yeah. No. But I did get me some stills to reach the pedals. <laughs> uh hey, Erica, a lot. Well, not a lot. Okay, we're going to be straight up with everybody today. It was a very slow sports day. Okay? I did my homework. I did my research. I researched and researched, and there wasn't a whole lot. But there were some good nuggets out there, and one of them is update on Bojan Bajanovic of the Utah Jazz. Yeah, so we we got the news yesterday that he was going to get his wrist operated on and that, that surgery would take place this morning in New York. Um and uh, and then it basically be season ending and uh, was going to take place um, and, and take some time to recover just so he'd be he'd done he'd be done and ready in time for the the next season 2020 21 season a um, couple factors now thanks to some uh, as this was out and now people have been talking to the Utah Jazz and they've finally been able to. Uh, release some details about it, not a whole lot, but one of the things that uh, that that was a criticism of Boyan is why why now? That's what uh, I wanted to know. Why weren't you doing this like a, a couple yeah, of weeks ago? That's what I, mean, I wanted to know. You'd have two months in the can with your recovery, and just be and you wouldn't have missed any games. Well, uh, apparently, one of the factors is that they really wanted to get the surgery done by a specialist who was like really good with this type of. Uh, these ligaments in the wrist is located in New York, and New York, as we know, has been hit real hard oh. by COVID nineteen. Okay, so that would be considered an elective surgery to some degree, and um, that uh, yeah, kind of put on a hiatus for a little while. So, um, but the the with that uh, inability to go get the surgery done in New York when they wanted to in a timely manner, and then this constant delay of the season and pushing things back and uncertainty about when or if the NBA would resume, they finally just decided it's time. Um, he injured his wrist. Um, and uh, you know, I've heard two different things. You know, one was that he heard it in late November, uh, and now the Desert News is reporting the, the injury occurred um, – no, they're just saying before the start of the 2020 calendar year. So, still, it was, it's been several months. 
and he was playing through the pain, playing through uh, a, an injured wrist. And uh, basically, the Utah Jazz, all they've said is uh, that he will begin his rehab at the appropriate time and remain out indefinitely. Not a whole lot from the Utah Jazz yeah, on that. Yeah, of course they uh, do. Boyan Bogdanovich, he himself put out a little statement basically saying, I appreciate all the love, text, and support. Surgery today was a success. I'm looking forward to get back on the court as soon as possible. Love. Lots of love from Boyan. L-O-L to you too. Uh, Eric, uh, Jeff Goodman uh, of well, Goodman Hoops, I guess, uh, from Stadium, reports on Twitter that Utah transfer uh, both Gotch told me he has heard from the following so far. Minnesota, Arkansas, Nevada, BYU, Auburn, Maryland, Vanderbilt, Creighton, Illinois, Georgetown, Oregon, New Mexico, and Utah State. It's a pretty hefty list. The thing I like about Utah State's opportunity with this is that guess where he's from? Minnesota. Amen. Which puts Utah you, State geographically I mean, connected to Minnesota. How? <laughs> Mr. Craig Smith, how do you do? So True. Th- with that, I'm actually pretty confident that they could find that they could find a way to maybe you know relate to him. Uh, I talked to somebody and they said that these guys really like Bo- uh Is it both? Is that both Gotch? Is that his name? How do you say it? Something B- like that. Sure. B o t h g a c h. I got to get that down. I'm gonna call him both Gotch until I've been told differently. Uh, but uh, you know it's interesting. In the 18-19 season, he played 30 games, 20 minutes, shot 47 percent from the field, 31 from deep, 85 at the line. Uh, Two assists and about seven and a half points per game. And then in 1920, his minutes went up. He played three less, uh, three fewer games, but his production went severely down. He shot eight percent less, six uh, from the field, six percent less from three point, ten or excuse me, eight percent less from the free throw line. Uh, did have more rebounds, more assists. and did average three more points per game, but also averaged one. Point one more turnovers as well. Uh, the guy is incredibly athletic, freaky athletic, but he is very streaky too. You don't know which guy you're going to get on a game-to-game basis according to some who have seen him play at the University of Utah. And if he does come here, uh, he's got great size. Uh, he stands at 6'6". Needs to put some muscle on. He'll be a junior? No. Yeah, junior this year, uh, but he'll play a wing, so that's probably going to take away from a spot up there. Um, and you got Liam McChesney, Marco Anthony, you've got uh, uh, you know Brock Miller. But I can see Brock Miller coming off the bench because that seems what that seems to be what was working late, late last year is when he came off the bench. So then you got you know maybe him and Sean Barstow, maybe those two are fighting for a spot for him. Uh, intriguing. I mean, that's a pretty long list of other suitors that are competing yeah. to have him come bleed with them. But um, if, if you can add a dynamic shooter to your roster, try to find a spot for him. Yeah. Especially after losing number five. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, so, uh, interesting. Do you... Nevada... I mean, not Nevada. Excuse me. BYU keeps getting better and better this year. Like, they are... Not rebuilding after losing T.J. Hawes and Jake Toulson. They're reloading. And that big kid from Purdue is going to be a mess. Noli Childs. 
yeah, we'll use Yuli Childs, but this big kid from Purdue is going to be a he's going to be a handful. Yeah, they, they're seemingly uh, kind of an interesting destination for some interesting talent across the country and different uh, programs for transfers. Uh, that hasn't really been a, a, a real major strong suit of what BYU has done and who they've been in the past. So new coach, new plan, new idea, and uh, they're, they're being a little more aggressive in the transfer market, and they're getting some. Again, that list for both gotch uh, is Minnesota, Arkansas, Nevada, BYU. Those schools scare me. Uh, Auburn, Maryland, Vanderbilt, Creighton, Illinois. Those schools scare me. And Georgetown, Oregon, and New Mexico, two out of three of those scare me. At, you're right, Eric. That is a heck of a list to be competing with. Right. So it, it will just come down to who he feels comfortable with, how he thinks he can fit in, and his own personal growth. You know, How does he fit with uh, the plan of being featured? Is he going to be an athlete that's going to be tucked on the bench? Uh, is he going to be somebody who's going to be getting a lot of minutes and is going to be the guy? And there's a lot of different motivating factors why anybody chooses different schools and colleges and programs. Uh, is it somebody that uh, recruited them when they were um, in high school? Or is it somebody that their f- a family friend knew and they recruited their cousin once, you know. Yeah. Uh, is it they like the campus and the the educational opportunities? So there's a lot of different things that we don't always know why uh, these athletes choose their new destinations over other suitors that are out there. It's not always just about hey, that's the better team on paper, that's the team in the better conference on paper, and we should just all assume that's where they're going to go because that's that hasn't been the case. Otherwise, why would? Um, Marco Anthony be See, that, wearing that's a Utah what, State jersey right yeah, now. Yeah, that's a great example to use. Look, the guy was re- – whether he played or not at Virginia, it's more that he was recruited by Tony Bennett. That the guy saw something on Marco Anthony and said, hey, he could be a part of this team. And obviously, things happen, playing time minutes decrease, and maybe you just don't see yourself as a part of the team, so you decide to leave. But he's got talent, and I've, I've seen him practice a little bit, and he's, he's really, really good. He's going to be a special ball player. Um, for the Aggies this upcoming winter. Uh, but you're right. I, I wonder sometimes kind of what the process is of deciding. And, and, and nothing against Utah State. Like, Utah State is a beautiful campus, uh, great facilities, great coach, of course, great talent coming in again this year. Um, and you have the return of Namiya Shketa. Um, That's but- huge. That's huge. If, if, if I'm a, a shooter, um, uh, another ball handler, out on the court, knowing that I've got a big guy in the middle coming back, it's going to be a great player to anchor some of that. Um, man, I think, man, that's a really attractive piece to play as- alongside. But don't, if you're both, don't you say, well, hey, there is a long line of guards on that squad. Eric Bischoff, uh, or not Eric, Bischoff is his name. Uh, and then you got Brock Miller, you've got Sean Barstow, you got Liam McChesney. Um, I think that does. I guess I mean, what does that give you a four, really? Well, and what what position does Anthony play? Is he going to play the shooting guard? Oh, I'd say he's your starting point guard. Your point guard? Yeah, I'd say he's your starting point guard. I think, depending on what both would do, I would imagine that Marco would be your starting guy at the point guard. Um. Yeah, maybe both starts, and then Liam, or not Liam, sorry, Sean Bairstow 
who will be ready to go, uh, would be at the three, and then your four is Justin Bean, and your five is Namiya Keta. I don't, I don't know if Anderson would start. Anderson might be coming off the bench. Which I know it's crazy, you're wow. like, oh, holy crap! So then, if he comes up, well, who's he gonna? Well, I think it depends. Could depend on the matchup because maybe he starts in place of Barstow sometimes, just depending on. Yeah, that's a good point. Like against the New Mexico, be facing that day. against New Mexico, you want Anderson to start. Against Fresno, you probably want Barstow to start. I mean, I guess so. You're right. It, it just really depends on the team. And then looking that's, at that, their... that's probably a the primary flex position that there could be some versatility in, in how that that roster spot gets you know who uh, who starts in that spot from game to game but probably most of the other spots that you just went through probably pretty firmed up i would think wait case okay, so wait which spots i guess the firm- shooting guard and the small forward that's where there's some okay there could oh, be some oh okay yeah i got down. you i got you yeah i guess really there's two spots that there could be some some wiggle room some de- and uh, fighting for position I know this is our incredibly way too early to predict. Here's a crystal snowball and shake it and find out what your answer is. But who's the one guy who did not play last year that you would be excited to see on the court this year? Well, that'd be Anthony. That's mine too. Yeah, I don't know that I really have anybody else. I think he's one, two, three, four. I mean, I, I think just he's uh, he brings a, a mentality from a championship program being in a Power 5 school, and I've heard good things about how he how he performs in practices. And just, uh, not just he's going to replace Sam Merrill. You can't just replace Sam Merrill. But he's going to be a solid person that holds down the fort at that position and uh, can be kind of a floor general that the Aggies are going to need. So uh, I think that that position, that uh, that player, the most for me is what gets me Kind of intrigued the, the most to see players who I haven't been able to see yet. Uh, so three four eight six just texted in. It's Carson Bischoff, by the way. Did he transfer? I'm unaware of that. And me, that would make two of us. As so far as I, okay. I'll get some. Not I'm not saying I don't believe you three four eight six. Uh, but uh. He did. Just what? college MBB transfers and signings updates tweeted out. This was a month ago. Carson Bischoff, a junior from Utah State, has entered the transfer portal. Okay. Now, I hate to put this out. I know I don't think he was too thrilled about redshirting last year, but I got to be honest, I just don't know where he was going to play. I don't know where he was going to play last year. I know there might have been a little bit of just, mm, I should be playing and I'm not. Um, but I don't know where else he would have put him. Uh, and then 9315 text and he says, just think we were, we were worried that Sam graduates. Things just keep looking better and better for the Aggies this fall. Yes, and... Sort of no, I and I, I, I agree. Like I mean, things aren't as bad as we thought they would be because Craig Smith's still here and Amish Ked is still here. We're okay in that regard, but again, when you look back at that tournament and you see, like, watch all three games, and every time we were in a rut late in the second half, there's one guy who decided to take over. It was Sam Merrill, one guy, 
Now, he did have a little bit of help against Wyoming with, with Keta, who was absolutely phenomenal in those final few minutes, but Sam was really the guy to take over. Can they find another guy who can do just that? That is my biggest question. When they go into a scoring rut, who is the one guy who can score and get their team back into it? Get them back into a rhythm or even get them back into a game when they're down 11 with 9.5 to go? That's a fair question. I think that Justin Bean, maybe, just because of his activity, uh, I think he needs to work on some of his own skill set. Uh, a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of what he got last year was just because he was active, not because he had skill and he was able to make moves and make shots. I think he was able to do some of that, but most of what he got was just because of his activity level. And I think if he can continue to work on developing his skills, like I've got certain moves in the post I know I can make and get buckets. I know if I am in these, these areas, I can hit an open jumper. Um, or I can make a move off the dribble. Um, I, I think that that's... I'd like to see that development from him next year. But I think that... Um, that uh, Anthony is probably that other guy. Uh, I think Anderson has shown moments of that, but he hasn't been super consistent. Um, certainly, um, not a lot of the other guys had to play that role last year because Sam always played that role. So somebody will have the opportunity to emerge to be able to do that. By the way, SI.com in a post on April 10th, so shortly after that tweet that we just mentioned, uh, compiled a lot of players throughout the Mountain West who have entered the transfer portal. And so Carson Bischoff joins Roche, Groupfam, and uh, Abel Porter. We already know that Abel Porter's headed to Ohio State. And Groupfam also found a place as well. Um it's a smaller, it's a small, it's a smaller time school, I should say. But he's going to get a lot of reps and a lot of looks. Uh, in fact, he is headed to uh, University of Texas. Tyler basketball is where he's headed to. And you know what? Good for him. Good for him. Happy for him. Absolutely. He's going to have an opportunity. You want to talk to, about to a guy play. who's been through a lot and been very supportive of the team? Had a great attitude. Worked really hard. Even Coach Smith and his staff were complimentary of him. Uh, and so, yeah, good for uh, Roche Groupfam. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Eric Bischoff uh, is in the transfer Carson board. Bischoff. Gosh, damn it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's take a break. Let's come back. Uh, we are going to have our NBA playoff predictor, which could be fun. Uh, where do the Jazz end up? Do they have a home court seat anymore for for that first round? Or are they? I mean, they're in the five, six, seven, eight range now because nobody on Bajanovic. With the games still left to play, can they hold on to home court advantage? Because now that you no longer have uh, Bojan Bogdanovic in the mix, or because of his absence, will they fall? And how far will they fall in the standings? Yeah. So we'll get to that here in just a little bit. We also uh, got some NFL news. It's it's a little bit different. The minority rule. Uh, or I guess the Rooney rule, if you will, with minority coaches. Uh, kind of an opportunity, or I guess an idea that backfired. 
pretty big on the NFL. We'll get to that here in a little bit later on. In today's show, it's Eric France and I'm Algie Salves, and you're listening to the Full Court Press. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Aljay Salvis here on the Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, and 106.9thefan.com. By the way, I've just spoke to a very, very reliable source. 3486 is correct. Carson Bischoff is in the transfer poll and is looking to play elsewhere. Uh, Eric, any more updates on uh, Bojan Bajanovic by chance, or have you heard anything at all? Well, just another, I guess, a little more detail about what's going on with his surgery. Okay. It's on his shooting wrist, so... It's Real critical. Apparently, he kind of re-aggravated it during the the COVID nineteen shutdown, and that kind of also precipitated why they needed to get the surgery done sooner rather than later. Uh, they say that it could take anywhere from four to six months for recovery, and there there is a potential for uh, like on a shooter, you have you snap your wrist when you let the ball go, and so there could be some stiffness and the the range of motion could be affected a little bit. So it really just depends on how well he rehabs uh, and and uh, comes out of it. Um, and then still, we don't know how that affects his outside shot. Uh, he's been a big part of the Utah Jazz this season, really having a career year. Uh, an, an additional dynamic scorer besides Donovan Mitchell. Great outside shooter, good Free throw shooter, um, he's you know good at chasing down some rebounds. Uh, so not having him in the mix is uh, a pretty big loss for the Utah Jazz if they're able to continue out the season. Not having Boyan now does that change your motivation to see the season completed? Oh yeah, because we're going to get loose in the first. <laughs> or you're like, ah, uh, you know what? Just call it a day. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> no Boyan. <laughs> You know no what problem? Mitchell or no Mi- Boyan. Mitchell hates Gobert. Gobert hates the Jazz, and Boyan's out for the season. You know what? Let's just go ahead and lay. Uh, let's lay down in our little grave and uh, bury it for 2020, and never come back to it. No, like here's the thing. And I know yesterday that uh, nine eight was it? No, it's me. Nine three one five was optimistic about the Jazz being able. To be successful. But there... <laughs> it sounds dramatic, but I'm starting to turn into a Chicago Cubs, Boston Red Sox fan and saying that we're cursed. We are the first basketball team that is cursed. Like, think back, man. From 1991 to 96, or actually, we'll go 98. We made six out of eight Western Conference Finals. And... Twice, only twice did we go to the championship. That sucks. You you may say that's cursed, but I say that's a successful program that just never was able to get the ring because of one Michael Jordan. Oh, no. You didn't play Michael Jordan in the Western Conference Finals. No, well, no. You played Clyde Drexler. You played Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, Charles Barkley, Chris Mullen, uh, with Mitch Richmond on that side, uh, and Tim Hardway. But six out of eight, and you can only go to two? All right, that just, it, it blows my mind. Well, how many, 
how successful were the Indiana Pacers during that same time frame? How many championships did they go to? Uh, during that zero. Spin, yeah, zero. It'd be none. So, would you rather have at least gone, or not even had the opportunity to make it? To an NBA Finals. Okay, so look, there's always that one team in every sport that's like been close to grasping it, but never been able to cusp it. Uh, the Atlanta Braves in the mid-90s, right? A 14 straight, 14 straight division titles and only one and only one World Series, or excuse me, two World Series appearances, I believe, and one World Series ring. 14 straight Eastern... And then, by the way, they had the best record in the NL of those 14, 11 times in the NL. And still couldn't take care of business to get to a World Series and win more. It could always be the Minnesota Timberwolves. True. But, look, Jazz fans aren't happy, like, going to the second round and losing. They're sick of that. Going to the Western Conference Finals and or I guess the, the second or third round and losing. Now, if you get to the Western Conference Finals, great, but that's where you were expected to be with this roster. And if you don't get there, it's a huge disappointment again. And I just I mean, maybe and the expert and the expectations were not too high. I thought they were pretty level. But it's just this bad curse we get, right? Rudy Gobert shuts down the world of sports with the coronavirus. Um, then Bojan's out for the season with a wrist injury. Donovan is in... Donovan and Rudy are supposedly still talking, but who knows if it's a polite conversation. Like, you just... It's all, one year after the next, man. It's always somebody or something that stops the Jazz from going to the NBA Finals. And look, I get it. Like two years ago, or three years ago, however long that was, Gordon Hayward taking this team to the second round, right? Being the Clippers in seven, going to the second round, and uh, and then losing to Golden State, I believe. And then the next year, uh, they beat Oklahoma City in seven games. Go to the second round. Lose again. Uh, last year, against Houston, they get demolished. Five three three eight. <laughs> the Chats will not win a championship until they abandon the nickname they brought from New Orleans. Somebody put some vo- bad voodoo magic on it? Yeah, it's like the goat, right? The Cubs and the goat. I mean, you guys booted out a goat, and that goat put a curse on you, or at least <laughs> its owner did, yeah, and you right. guys were going through absolute heck for how many years? Long time. Boston Red Sox traded the great Bambino. Great Bambino walked out, spit on the outfield, and then left with a smile and won a bunch of championships with the Yankees and watched the Red Sox suffer for years. Maybe that's what it is. Or maybe it's because uh, there's so many things, man. Maybe that's what it is, though. Maybe it's that they stole the nickname of the Jazz from the New Orleans and didn't change it. I, I will grant you the Utah Jazz one, is probably one of the most strange names in all of sports. Well, what does that have to do with Utah? Why can't we be the Seagulls? Why can't we be the like the Hives, the Beehives, or... There's other Hornets out there. 
the the Hornet. Or okay, that's true. Uh, the Rocky Mountains or um <laughs> the snowboarders or something like that relates. To, he's you know what? For once, five three three eight. I'm with him. The Utah Salt. I'm Flats. absolutely with him. The what? Oh yeah, the Great Waters. The Great the Great Lakes. If the Jazz get rid of well, the... Well, that's what the Lakers were, because they were originally up... If Utah gets rid started. of the Jazz nickname and gets a new one, they're going to win three titles. <laughs> just just change the name. <laughs> that's all you have to do. Just rebranding. Sink millions and millions of dollars into rebranding, and that's all, it, that's all it'll take. Because it, it clearly me, okay, it's worked so for the Hornets. Let me ask you, are they... Okay. <laughs> From where they were, the Bobcats... <laughs> It's worked for them. <laughs> well, it's just a bad ownership. Uh, or New Orleans. Now they're the Pelicans. Is, are the Jazz cursed? No, they're not cursed. Look, it's so it's such a challenge to win at the at the highest level, the, and inherently the Jazz are at a disadvantage because they're not in a major major metropolitan area. So the the financial opportunity for players away from basketball are limited. So free agents, uh, it's haven't normally said, "Hey, that's going to be my destination." This last off season was an anomaly. Players wanted to come to Utah. Good free agents. Boyan Bogdanovich is probably the the biggest free agent that the Utah Jazz have ever had. Imagine wait, 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 over. wait, 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 wait. What did you say? I think Boyan Bogdanovich is probably the biggest free agent the Jazz have ever had. Every other great player in a Utah Jazz uniform either came here via a trade or draft. Name me any other free agent who's had a bigger impact and has, was a better player than Boyan Bogdanovich. All right. Guy who's averaging about 20 points a game. All right. You know what? We're going to do some homework here, Eric. Uh, I challenge you that. And I'd love to get... Uh, yeah, text us in and let me know if you can think of anybody that's a better player that came to the Utah Jazz via free agency only. This was his choice as his destination. Every other great player who has come to Utah has either been drafted or came here via trade. Was Dar- Did Daryl Griffith start with the Utah Jazz? That's a good question. I don't, I don't think he did because he was a free agent. And they picked him up, and the eighty. He's part of the old ABA, wasn't he? Seven season, yeah. Holy crap! Billy Donovan had signed a contract with the Utah Jazz. Uh, yeah, that didn't last long. It looked like. Uh, yeah. Okay. So is is Bojan Marjanovic the biggest free agent signing? Probably, as I look at it, a lot of the guys they have. Wait, did Tom Chambers? Ooh, Tom Chambers could be an interesting debate. I can't remember when he had signed. Man, that's going to. It was later in his career. You know, he played at the University of Utah. It was like coming home for him. But he at the time, he was a pretty high-profile player. That's a good one. I forgot about Tom Chambers. Still, would you put... If you were to stack his impact on the Jazz in the time he wore a Jazz uniform compared to Boyan Bogdanovich in the time he's worn a Jazz uniform, who's a bigger impact player? But at the same time, 
Tom Chambers is probably a bigger name, probably wider known than Boyan Bogdanovich. All right. So I found it. I found, holy cow, this has, oh, man. Uh, yeah, there is a ton of free agents. Uh, let's go. No, Paul Millsap signed away. Man, we've lost a lot of good players to free agency, haven't we? Oh, yes. Good heck. Uh, Ronnie Price, no. Carlos Boozer. Uh, that's a good point. That is true. They did get Carlos Boozer. He was originally drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, in the second round, and then the Jazz got him via free agency. That was six years, $70.2 million. That's oh, true. Oh, my gosh. Carlos Boozer, I had forgotten about him. He would probably number – he would top Boyan Bogdanovich. He was a big part of the Jazz success in the early 2000s. And what about Mehmet Okur, who was with Detroit – and then left for six oh, years. Same time period. Six year, fifty million dollars, signing with Utah. Ooh, good point. I forgot about money, man. Yeah. I would take Carlos Boozer and Memo over Bojan Bojanovic. Like, like I mean, because O'Kerr was incredibly huge in the playoffs, dude. I, some of the shots he hit in that oh, game yeah. seven at the Toyota Center in Houston for in that that uh, that left corner three on a dish from Darren Williams, like was just awesome. Well, I mean, and at the time there weren't a lot of centers that would draw and go out to the oh, three very point line. Oh, very few, very few. And because he could go out and hit threes, and they knew they could, it opened things up for Carlos Boozer to go to work in the paint. It was a great combination. Which, by the way, now leads me to my next point. And six two zero six is absolutely spot on with this. Carlos Boozer was a huge signing. And, like, people seem to forget. Like, they think, oh, he missed so many games throughout his career. Sure. But when he was on, oh, dude, he was on. He was averaging, uh, like, you look at some of the playoff numbers he had, playoff numbers, and it was, like, 20 and 15, 20 and 17. And his splits were really, really, really good. He was routinely a 20, 22-point a game, 10 to 12 rebounds a game. Yes, routinely. Yep. He was a great, yeah, that was a huge signing. I remember, like, how bad. <laughs> I'll never forget how bad Cleveland hated Boozer for that one. Oh, yeah, because they thought, hey, oh, we've got him on this rookie contract. He came in the second round. We got him super cheap. We'll just oh, you know dude, do the, 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 so... the bare minimum tender to continue his deal. The Jazz <laughs> come in like, hey. You want some cash? Why don't you come play with us? I didn't know we gave him seventy point two million for six years. Though, well, holy and, crap! Well, and he did. He didn't really play his cards really well there because he was. He initially said, "Oh yeah, I, I want to come back to Cleveland. I really like it here." And uh, then the Jazz came in and gave him another offer before the signing period, like be, officially began, before he could officially sign on the dotted line. And so he did a, an about face and decided to go with the Jazz and uh, really kind of slided Cleveland and all of that. Yeah, poor, yeah. Cleveland, uh, Cleveland's been screwed in a lot. Of, like, I talked about being cursed, man. If it weren't for LeBron James helping that team win a finals being down 3-1, I think I'd put Cleveland above us and being cursed. Yeah. Yeah, and even over the years, when they had the Craig Elo and those guys, good teams. Uh, can we get some breaking news really quickly, or do you want to go to break first? Uh, let's do, let's go to break, and let's break the news, 
And then let's get into the Utah Jazz playoff scenario. Yeah. Sorry, we do got some breaking news. We'll get back to that in just a little bit. Utah State loses a guard, but it looks like they have signed a big man. We'll get to that in just a minute here. On the Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Aljay Southson here on the Full Court Press, 442 your time on a Tuesday, May 19th. Hope your day is going well. Thanks for joining us here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM. 1390 AM and 1069 the Utah State's uh, Carson Bischoff. And uh, by the way, a big thanks again to 3486 for notifying us because I, I didn't know he was in the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, but he and I've talked to a very, very, very reliable source. He is transferring, by the way. Uh, so thank you, 3486 for, 3486, for your help. But with one window closing, another window opens. Yeah, according to 247sports.com, uh, Utah State has added... Another player to their 2020 recruiting class, six foot eleven, two hundred and twenty pound Polish center, Zimon Zapala, Zapala, S C S Z Y M O N Z A P A L A. Okay, so I'm going to guess it's Simon Zapala. That the Z is silent. That it's Simon Zapala. Okay, I'm going to say Zapala. Okay. Zapala or Zapala? Or Simon Zapala. Uh, the, uh, again, he's got good height, good size, uh, 6'11", 220. Only been playing basketball for three years. Uh, he was uh, in the 2019 FIBA Under-18 Division B European Championship in Romania, where he averaged 7.5 points and just over 5 rebounds per game. So, Eric, here's my question for you. By the way, he was recruited <laughs> by Maryland, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, and Stanford. So we want to talk about kids choosing Utah State over big schools. It, it is possible. It is possible. Uh, Eric, here's my question for you. Cuba, Trevin Dorius, all behind the Miyashiket who's coming back. Who, where, I mean, where do you see that? We talked about the backcourt. What does that frontcourt look like, especially, specifically behind Keta? Oh, and just added Zapala, too. Yep. So uh, I, I think you probably... Give Zappala some time to develop. If he's only played basketball, organized basketball for three years, redshirt him. <laughs> Give him some time to acclimate. Um, but yeah, Niamh your number one. But who is, who is his backup? That's a great question. Because there were times when Kuba looked great. Yeah, but then And then there were times where he took a long time coming back from injury, and then sometimes when he's looking in the game that he looked a little bit lost. Oh, he looked like a deer in the headlights half the time. Uh, Dorius had some moments where he looked good. But then he had moments too where he didn't quite look like he, he was getting knew it. everything that was going yeah. on around him on yeah. the court. So uh, more time in the system. You hope that both those guys get to figure that out and to get to assert themselves. And then it's just a matter of who wants it more. Um, I mean, certainly the time the, the clock is a lot shorter for Cuba because um, he's you know he's transfers GSC transfers, so he doesn't so, have many more. He doesn't have a lot of time to get it figured out if he wants to play. He's got to get it figured out quick. Personal opinion here, but I feel like Cooper needs to get meaner. Like, get bigger, get a little bit more tough. I mean, bone That be could soft. help him, yeah. He needs more meat on his bones. Uh, he could be, uh, get a little more nasty. That would help him a lot. 
But yeah, some exciting news. I think Trevin Doris has got that mentality to be mean and be aggressive. It's just getting the mentality of and the smarts of the system itself. Once he's got both in, in, in lock, I think he's a backup for Keta this year. But, e- either way, I, I think that um, it, it looks looks promising for the future of Utah State in the low post. Yeah, I well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I I worry about a guy that hasn't played a lot of organized basketball. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely me too. Uh, Eric, the NBA is hopefully or hoping to resume its season. Um, and when it does, how many games are going to play? Are they going to finish regular season or not? And if I'm not mistaken, I think almost all NBA practice facilities are, are now open. open. Yep. Now they are. Yes, correct. And so players are starting to get back in there. They're starting to put up some shots. Uh, some facilities, you can have more people in there now. Um, and so the real question is, you know, if they were able to open this up, uh, do they do it in, in just two locations? Do they do one location? How do they finish out the regular season? Jazz have 18 games left on the schedule. Some teams only have like 16. Others have like 19. So it's hard to just say we're going to start the playoffs today because there's not really that uh, equity among all the teams of how many games they've had and they've put under their belt so far. But when you look at the Utah Jazz, as I said, 18 games left. Ajay, nine of those games still remaining on the schedule are against current playoff teams. Nine are against non-playoff teams, but of those nine non-playoff teams are four teams that are knocking on the door that want to get to the playoffs, still have an outside shot of getting to the playoffs. Okay. So that's a pretty meaty schedule to still have left. With no, again, and I'm going to emphasize it as much as I possibly can, no Bojan Bogdanovic. So you're going to see more Joe Ingles. You'll see more Jordan Clarkson. You'll probably see more George Niang. The the bench is going to have to play a much bigger huge role. Huge role now. Yep. Uh, okay, so wait. we got 18 more games. And you said how many versus playoff teams? So currently, uh, there are nine. Oh, jeez. Twice against the Lakers. Twice against the Nuggets. Twice against the Thunder. Is that splits a home and road? Or are they both on the road? Or uh, Those are splits. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, wait, oh, those are all splits, though. Home, one at home and one on the road. Oh, thank but, you. But honestly, it's, I don't know that's going to matter. Oh, without fans, huh? Based on no fans, who knows where the venue is going to be. be. Good. That's I forget. So I don't I know forget. that really matters. I forget. Uh, they play San Antonio twice, who are not currently a playoff team, but they're they're three, four games out of it. They're just an outside shot. They could try to move up, but but um, do you have it's what? A, it's a tough schedule for the Jazz to finish out. Do you? Okay, here's what I need you. I want you to give me one through eight, and then how many games back? Are the Jazz of two and three, if that makes sense? Okay, so Lakers are number one, obviously. Right, Clippers are five and a half games behind the Lakers. Oh wow, that surprises me a little. Yeah, it does me too. Nuggets are a game and a half behind the Clippers, so there's seven games Dude, behind. And they can LA. make a run for that too. So yeah, it's close enough. Uh, the Jazz are a game and a half behind the Nuggets, so it's a, there's a shot that the Jazz could could move up into that number three position. Okay. Uh, the Jazz are a full game ahead of the Thunder and the Rockets. They're tied. Oh, jeez. Thunder and Rockets are both tied. They have the same record. Uh, then it's the Mavericks and the Grizzlies, and there's some separation from there. The Grizzlies are 18 games behind the Lakers. 
But uh, Portland, New Orleans, and Sacramento, they're all on the outside looking in. They're just three and a half games behind uh, Memphis. So you know, any one of them gets on a roll here to finish things out, and there's a chance that it could be disrupted. So the Jazz are in that fourth position. They would have the home court advantage. I don't know if that really means anything. But they'd have a, a series against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And not having Boyan Bogdanovich in the mix against the Oklahoma City Thunder, how much of that is a factor? How much more if it turned out to be that the Rockets ended up getting a tiebreaker ahead of the Thunder and the Jazz faced Houston, how much more of a difference does it make not having Boyan Bogdanovich? Or does it matter either team? So here's, and again, this is just gospel core and Ajay. If they play the Thunder without Boyan, they go six games and they... I think they win the series. I know yesterday I said they would lose the series, but the more I've thought about it now, I think they win the series. If they play the Rockets, 4-5 matchup, they get swept in four games. They are done in four games. They are not winning one game versus Houston without Bogdanovich. Without Boyan, yeah, without Boyan, I think it's hard. Uh, I think it's I think it's harder against Houston than it is not Oklahoma having Boyan than it would be against Oklahoma City. Because and, and here's why I say Oklahoma City I think is a better option for us, obviously, right? But it's experience. Like Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, and these guys have been through playoffs. A lot of them. Mike Conley has a ton of playoff experience. Oklahoma City does not. They do not. Stephen Adams and Chris Paul. Really, are your two most experienced guys? Well, I just think the matchups are better for Utah against high wise too. Oh yeah. So, but you know what? I'd almost be okay. It sounds nuts, Eric. I'd almost be okay dropping two spots, going to seventh, and playing the two seed, especially if it's Denver. Because guess what? With or without Bojanovic, to me, Bojanovic, we beat Denver. I don't think we need Bogdanovich to beat Denver. I think we can beat them. Denver's a great matchup for the Utah Jazz. I yeah, need a I, wonderful matchup. I would for the love Jazz. to do a series against the Please, Nuggets. Please, if we have to drop two spots to let them be the two seed, and again, as you mentioned, Eric, home court advantage isn't going to matter because guess what? There is no home court. Yeah, four games in our house compared to three in yours. Well, same. Same neutral court, so what does it matter? Just yeah. their, what color jersey are we wearing today? Yeah, it's really. I mean, and even if they did play their courts and there was no fans, you're not missing a dang thing. I mean, it is just playing an empty gym scrimmage is what it is. So I like our chances. So now you're looking at just based on talent, right? And I like our chances versus versus Denver. We're okay versus the Clippers. We don't beat them in a series of at least seven games. Uh, I like him versus Portland. I like him versus like, who is. There's three, and then let's see what who's five, six, and seven again. So right now, uh, the Thunder are number five. We beat them, but they're tied with the Rockets. We lose to them, and then the Mavericks are number seven. We lose to them. I think we beat the Mavericks in a series. Do you? But don't you feel like Chris Stapps and uh, Luka Doncic would give us some serious problems? Yes, they would. But uh, besides them, who would? Who would? Okay, good point. Uh, and then after that, it's the Grizzlies. Uh, at the number eight position. Tough team, scrappy team, but yeah, we're not to worry about. So if the Jazz were to face the Thunder and get past them, they would play the winner of the Clippers and the Mavericks. They get, no, sorry. I got that wrong. They get the they get the winners of the Lakers and the Grizzlies. Sorry. Bad math. Not looking at this right. So um Jazz, I, I like their chances of getting past the first round. 
don't like their chances getting past the second. Yeah, I think it's just one of those. Another year, another second round. Yep, absolutely. We're going to take a break. Coming back, we'll wrap it up, get you ready for Wednesday's show on the Full Court Press. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and RJ Sops here on the Full Court Press. The uh, transfer circus continues its way. If someone's put a quarter in the merry-go-round, if you will. There's reports from Larry Munez of Hardwood Talk. He says, quote, Utah State commitment Nigel John is reopening his recruitment, was committed to Washington State prior to Utah State, leaves the Aggies with one available scholarship after commitment of center Simon Zapla earlier today. If Nigel John goes, that is not good. I want him to stay. What Unless, type of, where, what what type of player here? was he? Size. What position did he play? Uh, big man. They recruited him thinking that Namish Keta was going to be gone. And now Namish Keta is the same. That, that's not a bad thing, but now it's just like, okay, now what do we do? Uh, I'm a little worried. I'm I, Okay, I'm a lot worried. Oh, maybe this uh, this other Polish guy will work out. Oh. They get another roster spot to go find somebody else. Good night, everybody. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Governors of New York, Texas, and California said yesterday that they will support the return of professional sports, although it appears that it will be without fans. It's a good sign for people rooting for the return of sports. There was particular concern about New York and California, but now that they're okay with teams coming back, leagues can really get to work planning this thing out. Various practice facilities are opening up around the nation, and it feels like every day there's movement towards getting the games back. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Major League Baseball laid out a set of restrictive guidelines that are going to be very hard to meet. The NFL apparently is looking at how to incorporate medical masks into the game. And we're not hearing much from the NBA, but everyone knows this is a long process. Buy-in from governors from three of the biggest states is an important step and reason to feel cautiously optimistic that the full slate of sports will soon be back. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.